thank you so much for tuning in again. Uh, today we have a very awesome and special guest that I'm excited to talk about. Um, as a fellow cosplayer, I love interacting with other cosplayers. So today we have Autumn Ivy. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Thank you so much for asking. I always like to start these off a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit silly just to kind of like break the ice a little bit. So uh you know since a lot of the stuff um interviews i've read and uh seen on youtube as well i've just and uh spooky season you know approaching us um <laughs> just want to go ahead and ask like what's your uh you know favorite horror movie oh god my favorite horror movie oh you asking the heart you're like no it'll be an icebreaker meanwhile me <laughs> oh god oh geez oh <laughs> frick um so that's actually a difficult question for me to answer. I really, I don't count it as a horror movie as the pro as the problem because it's a super artsy film. But I really like the cell, not not the Stephen King version, not that cell, but the one with um, oh my god, J Lo and Vince Vaughn. Whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a, it's a side note, but otherwise, I mean, I'm super into like Nightmare on Elm Street and some of the the classic slashers. Nice um definitely just because it has j-lo um i'm definitely gonna have to check it out <laughs> have you never seen it no i've never even <gasps> heard of it oh you gotta break it down it. break it down it's so good okay so no so it revolves around um vince vaughn actually plays an fbi agent who's trying to capture a serial killer who is uh, systematically killing these women and basically dumping their bodies but the way that he does it um is he bleaches their bodies and makes them look like dolls Whoa. So what it is, is um, they introduce JLo and she winds up coming in as a child psychologist who has to um, wind up helping Vince Vaughn with this guy because he falls into a coma. And so she has to go into this serial killer's mind to try to figure out where a, vic a missing girl is, the recent victim, because mm -hmm. if they do not find her within a certain amount of time, she will die like she'll drown. So um it's oh my god I, love, I don't want to give anything else away it's it's I love the film it's super artsy it was way ahead of its time when it was released so it's kind of like one of those weird culty films but I love it oh well uh Jackie and I you know love the weird culty movies so definitely we'll have to give it a try then <laughs> definitely and um you know by far um it's gonna be another favorite question I do apologize but uh, by far, what has been your favorite uh, cosplay uh, to do so far um, and which one has been like the most popular or, you know, uh, the one that's received the most love? Oh, OK. So the, mm, those are those are all a little actually kind of separate questions, because one thing I notice is that um, people who, you know, are, are cosplay connoisseurs tend to like what is reasonable or popular according to what is released at the time. So you'll notice that it'll change on opinion of what is popular. I would say overall, my personal favorite is probably my Dante or my Revy, but the costume I felt the most comfortable and just kind of vibed with was actually my, my femme Eddie Munson that I did something about like falling into the the 80s vibe just really was like an at-home feeling for me which was quite strange uh but for popular stuff I would have to say that people tend to really like the characters for me that are more um I guess that obviously the strong warrior types but like Sonia was was pretty popular at the time 
And uh, my Poison Ivy, when I when I first did her, was also pretty popular. But again, we're looking at classic characters also. Yeah. Okay. And um, I just want to say, too, like, I, I saw your Eddie Munson on, I came up on my Instagram, and, you know, that was awesome. You look great. <laughs> Thank you. How long, um, how long did it, you know, take you to do the wig and like the whole makeup if you added any makeup to it? So I did two versions. Uh, I did classic Eddie. So I had, and the joke is, is that I owned three quarters of the clothes anyway, like the <laughs> denim half vest and all that stuff I, I already owned. <laughs> so I, I just had to procure the shirt. Uh, but the wig... I actually found on Amazon and it was, it was pre curled. So I didn't really have to do anything to it, but add a little bit of like hairstyling and some, some, um, uh, hairspray to mm -hmm. keep it from flying away. The makeup portion, again, I kind of went with a classic eighties look. So I used a lot of like heavy, heavy, brighter colors, uh, because Eddie has the metal head vibe. I picked something that kind of ran with that, uh, that concept. So like thick eyeliner and, and so on. And then for the second version, I actually did like a semi-human. It wasn't, I didn't have the prosthetics readily available to do what I wanted to do, but I was trying to go for the, the cast, the bloody handed vibe for him and, and get like the horns and the, um, like, the like have this like, uh, up down of blacks and just so it kind of look, uh, but I really, it take me that those are pretty classic to what you put on anyway. I'd say the makeup probably was mm, maybe about 30 minutes of just like smearing stuff all over <laughs> my face. Oh, I gotta love good old makeup, right? <laughs> Every time SFX, <laughs> I think is the, is the, one of the biggest things for setting stuff up. Yeah, definitely a lot of fun. Um, I did Glenn from Walking Dead. Um, I had to do a, a bat, basically, like how to get it onto my head. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, hey, how about we just kind of uh, get like one of those hair bands and kind of tie it and hide it with your hair and then we'll do blood. Made a prosthetic eyeball. It was awesome. So yes, FX is awesome. Love working with it. <laughs> I, I did a uh, an Alice Angel from Bendy and the Ink Machine, and I think that is the longest time I've ever taken on SFX makeup. How long um, did it take you? It took me about four hours, but that's because I had to actually like build the latex prosthetic to make the split smile and like uh, create little teeth to go inside of it mm -hmm. and get it to stick. So it took a lot of time, but it was it was so worth it. Oh my god, I was so happy with it by the time I was done. Yeah. And when you're in cosplay and you get, and especially if you do stuff with special effects or gore, I, I just want to say it's like really rewarding getting like those, you know, looks of like, oh my God, how they do that. Like, oh, that's so creepy. I, I always find it accomplished, like an accomplishment. 100%. And um, still diving a little bit more into horror. I'm a little bit curious about this. Um, Dark Side of YouTube um, has mm -hmm. actually come up on my uh, YouTube feed because um, I Ooh. tend to do um, some true crime stuff on there, watch it, you know, while cooking or having, you know, having dinner. Um, yeah. But I had no idea that you're actually a part of it um, until recently. Um, with uh, Was this like a horror-inspired channel since, you know, you tend to do some of the horror cosplay, that sort of thing, and do like horror as well? 
Uh, so I have my fingers in a bunch of different pie flavors and <laughs> I, um, I professionally voice act and narrate and, uh, I've been doing creepypasta narrations for like, I think almost nine years now, uh, primarily guesting on Mr. Creepypasta's channel or, you know, doing things here and there. Uh, for example, I, I narrate <laughs> for the chilling app right now. Um, as well as hosting for the dark side of YouTube and Swamp Dweller and I met, um, not met, but, you know, met online met, uh, mm -hmm. quite, quite a bit ago. And like, we've had like passing, you know, conversation, but he was looking for somebody to host the dark side of YouTube, which as you mentioned, you know, is, is true crime style. So it's less geared towards the, the creepy story and horror story narration facet and gearing more towards a, Hey, these are actual events that happened. Um, so when he presented it to me and he's like, Hey, do you, you know, do you want to put in for this? I was like, Oh yeah, sure. You know, like that's stuff that interests me too. It's true crime. Mm -hmm. I'm down. And so, you know, I wound up getting the host job for that. And it's been a really cool experience, not just having the opportunity to narrate, um, horror concepts, which is, you know, a lot of what I really enjoy doing, but also combining that with hosting this channel for true crime and mm -hmm. learning more about kind of the literally the dark side of, of what we see as being normal every day. You know, you, you watch YouTubers or TikTokers or, you know, Instagram models and stuff like that, but you never actually feel like, you know, somebody. And so having these stories come up and being able to, you know, be a host and reiterate them to people and make people realize like, Hey, you know, sometimes it's not who you think that, that person is not who you think they are is just fascinating. Right. And um, when it comes to the sort of thing, especially narrating, like, how do you establish the tone? Like, how do you approach it? True story. Uh, I don't ever actually read the material before I narrate it. <laughs> I know, I know how that sounds. And I'm sure that there's a lot of like professionals who'd be like, Oh, Oh my God, how dare you? But like, I just, I like to react authentically to events and to things that happen. So when I'm narrating for chilling app, for example, I go into the story blind and I try to react in the same way that the character does with, um, the true crime stuff for, you know, the dark side of YouTube, I, I gen, I generally know a little bit about the people I'm going in on. So like, I know their name, I know what they did and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. but the scripts are not always written by the same writer. So sometimes I'll get one from uh, our writer page or other times it's Joey or it's, um, you know, TJ Lee and I'll sit down and I'll basically be like, all right, what's the vibe? And I remember when I originally sent the audition piece to Swamp and I said, hey, what are you looking for? And he's like, I don't know, man, just be yourself. And I'm like, oh, that's a <laughs> terrible idea. So I came up with this super like snarky host because I, I thought about like, you know, um, to catch a predator and, you know, the last 48 and like all of these true crime shows. And I'm like, all right, what's the one thing they have in common? I'm like, well, they always have like the, the deep voice, serious guy who's like, and then they went missing but we only had 48 hours to find them. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I vibe with it, but like, I want something different. And the very first time that I, I got one of the full scripts, I went, Oh, this writer is really sarcastic. And I went perfect. So I kind of just went with the first vibe that I felt while I was go, you know, going through the script and, and worked with it. Okay. Awesome. I dig it. Yeah. And no, no judgment there. I mean, uh, <laughs> Some of the interviews I do um, are like, I do research, you know, like the day prior or the day of. So perfect. That's yeah. it. 
with with us delaying like pushing it back like a week that actually helped out in this case and then it, it gave me time to prepare too it's totally fine we okay awesome yes <laughs> and then um so you've touched on this uh mentioned it before as well uh that you've actually you know you do voice acting professionally like uh how did you get that going how'd you get that uh get started in that field you know this is always so i i have like and I, I i don't i don't like the word fans but i have people who enjoy what i do and they have asked me a similar question as well and it's really hard to answer because i kind of just fell into it and i say that because i had um a situation where i was able to work with a friend of mine that i had known actually in high school that built the mod for fallout new california oh so I actually play several characters in Fallout New California. And I was like, I had such a good time doing the voice acting for him that I was like, all right, cool. Like if this came up later, I'd be down to do it again. And I started, I, I had started doing creepypastas at that point. And I, I really just liked, you know, using my voice as a tool to both inspire and create characters as well as kind of breathe life into these, these written pieces and I'd always liked acting. So I kind of tied those two together as I started to notice that that was going really well for me. I started to notice that Twitter actually had subsections for like, you know, um, casting call club, which is the, the CCC. You can actually literally go and submit stuff to people who are looking for voice actors or singers or so on. So I started there. I started looking on Twitter for voice acting calls and just kind of started submitting stuff. And I don't think what people realize about voice acting is that you have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in your equipment. You're not going to sound, you know, 100% right off the bat. And it takes time and it takes practice and consistency. So as time passed, I, I, up, I upgraded my equipment. I spent time to, you know, pay attention to what I needed to do to get a demo reel together and you know, just kind of kept floating from there. And I've, I've been very lucky to have the opportunities that I have had, you know, both for like the mortuary assistant, um, doing, doing Artemis and Dread X the Hunt. Um, I played a character alongside of Barbara Crampton and Doug Bradley for um, Our Lady of the Inferno that was a narration published by Fangoria. It's like, it's been a cool ride and I've had a lot of great opportunities, but I had to put the work in too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nothing you know, comes easy. You do have to put some work into it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, um, on, especially here uh, in Arizona, uh, definitely, I know what you're talking about uh, with the CC or the open casting calls. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely see those on Facebook and Twitter all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing I do want to go ahead and ask you as well, uh, when it comes to your cosplay, do you still I guess, uh, for lack of better words, uh, get the backlash when it comes to, you know, your tattoos and your piercings. I know when you first started off, you know, you got, again, you know, you got some crap for it, you know, because they're saying like, oh, you know, these characters don't have, you know, these piercings or these tattoos. Um, and, you know, you, you said like, well, I do. And like, you know, these things mean a lot to me. Do you still run into that issue? not nearly as much as I used to. And obviously I've, I've, <laughs> I have significantly increased the amount of tattoos I've got since, uh, since I started. Cause I, I mean, I started doing hosting cosplays and stuff back in like late 2009, early 2010. And 
I've increased my tattoos since then significantly. And I, I just, once in a blue moon, someone will be like, well, it would look better if you didn't have the tattoos. And I'm like, well, I do. So get fucked, I guess. <laughs> um, because at the end of the day, you know, my, my tattoos tell a story about my life and each one is important to me. And mm -hmm. sure. Would the character accuracy be cool if I didn't have my tattoos? Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, that'd be fine, but I'm adding an element to the character that one, you know, people normally can only find in art. So for example, one of my favorite examples is Velma. So once uh, you'll, you'll get art sometimes of like Velma with tattoos hidden under her sweater. And I just think it's the coolest thing ever. Cause it's like a secret that nobody knows. Um, but I, I think there's something to putting your own spin on some of these characters and, and people like Raven. Um, I did a Raven cosplay and people were like, oh my God, like she looks so cool with the tattoos though. Like at night that, you know, I could definitely mm -hmm. see that character having tattoos. So. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, how would you, I guess, um, advice um, because in a sense uh, with them telling you, um, you know, don't like the tattoos, uh, don't like the piercings in a sense that is, uh, you know, still body shaming. Like how would you, uh, tell anybody that's trying to cosplay, especially that deals with that type of uh, body shaming, like what advice would you give out to them? No matter what you do in life, there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like what you do, doesn't like you as a person or doesn't agree with the decisions that you made in regards to your creative license. And at the end of the day, you are the person who is creating it. There will be even more people who love the fact that you stuck by, you know, your own desires and your own creative needs and went for it anyway, and just chose to exist as yourself while also doing something that you genuinely enjoy. Uh, so if they're going to shit on your parade, more power to them, but that's their power, not yours. And they're not allowed to take that from you. So enjoy what you do because you're not going to be able to do it forever. And if you gave the power to the people who shit on you every single day, you wouldn't have any energy left to do anything that you enjoyed in life. And those moments are so fleeting anyway, that you really do need to grasp them when you have them. Damn. Well, well said. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> um, also, you know, I guess uh, the same thing kind of, I guess the follow up question would be like how, uh, especially starting in the beginning, like how did you deal with, um, if any, uh, internet trolls or, you know, anybody trying to cyber bully you when you first initially started um, uh, cosplaying? No, I still get that. That hasn't ended. really. No, I still get people who shit on me constantly. Shit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it goes with the territory. You, you know, you put yourself out in a forum where literally billions of people, you are accessible to billions of people and you have limited control over that. And unfortunately being willing to put yourself out there to that many people in the world comes with, you know, realizing that you have to release the control of, of knowing that there's going to be somebody somewhere who's going to have something nasty to say to you, whether, you know, it's, it's, and I apologize, but I'm going to say it straight, like whether it's sexual harassment, you know, if it's, I've had, I've had messages of people threatening to do assault stuff to me, um, you know, tell me that they know where I live and all kinds of things. And then I've had, you know, more public shaming stuff of people telling me that, you know, I'm a, what was, what was one of them? I had a guy tell me that I was a six foot two Russian man 
and that I clearly was talking my lower region because of the amount of muscle I had. So like I went from being too fat to being too skinny, to being too muscular. I have been, um, shit on because I needed to eat a burger. I've been shit on because I ate too many burgers. Like you, you have to acknowledge that unfortunately that comes with putting yourself out there. And the way to combat that is knowing that you didn't do it for those people. You did it for yourself. You did it for the people that would enjoy the things that you did. And accepting that is part of the job. So when I see comments like that come up where people are just being, you know, 100% nasty, I don't, I don't engage with them. Um, or you shouldn't. No, not at all. And I mean, engaging with them doesn't do anything but feed their need to be destructive to other people. The only other time that I will engage with somebody like that is, is I'll ask them and be like, oh, I don't get the joke. What do you mean by that? And there's this weird thing that happens when they get put on the spot to have to explain themselves where they get really uncomfortable. <laughs> so being professionally nice to people like that and being like, oh, so can you explain that to me? Cause I, I don't get it. Well, you're ugly. Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, I appreciate you sharing your opinion. Um, I don't really understand why that's, um, you know, conducive to this conversation though, but, uh, have a good day. And they, they literally do not know how to handle it because they're used to people fighting with them. That's right. what they want. Yeah. It feeds them for whatever, you know, reason. Mm -hmm. And between voice acting, uh, cosplaying, uh, streaming, uh, traveling to cons and fitness, like how do you find time to really squeeze it all in? I'm inhuman. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I mean, I work out for an hour and a half to two hours a day. Um, normally th four days a week, I'm lifting two days. I'm doing jujitsu and um, MMA. And then three to four days, I'm riding horses on top of it. I'm working 24 seven. Um, you know, I, I run a farm, so I have a bunch of animals that need taken care of as well. I travel when there's conventions that come up that, you know, I need to go to, mm -hmm. or when events come up, I need to go to, and it is a lot. And I never feel like I have time. And I'm unfortunately one of those people who tend to be a workhorse in situations, which is really not healthy. And I'm working on acknowledging that. So I work and give myself set hours in the day to say, okay, this is, this is my timeline to get these things done, especially having kind of some of the mental health issues I do. And, and especially with ADHD, I, if I don't stop, I will exhaust myself. So I have what I call, um, a DDO, which is a designated day off. And the DDO is basically my moment to say, Hey, I need to take a step back from everything. This is the day I don't do anything other than just enjoy my space and time so that mm -hmm. I can recuperate from these 50, 11 other things I'm doing during the week. Um, you know, and I, tr I try to tell people like, take the moments when you can, because some people can't afford to do that. You know, some people are running seven days a week. They have kids, they have this, they have that. So finding even just five minutes of like solitary peace to step out of the world, step away from your phone and breathe is super important. Yeah, definitely. And uh, part of the ADHD club here. So vibe, my guy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're <it>. fine. <laughs> no, but I, I totally relate with, uh, you know, you know, you'll bring yourself out too quickly and then just yeah. blah. <laughs> well, it's a mental throw up. Like you, you literally, 
Well, and you know, um, especially because you hyper fixate for a second and then you go, okay, 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 okay. And then you just drop it. Yeah. It sucks so bad, especially when the project's unfinished. It's just, it's fucking trash. Yeah. And you're like, I need to get it done, but. (laughs) (laughs) Or the, the, the ever, the ever evolving, I have an event at 4 PM today, so I can't do anything until that event because otherwise it's going to mess everything up. Yeah. Had too many of those already. All right. And shit. (laughs) Sorry, that just hit hard. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so far, like what out of um, this year and all together as well, like this year, what has been your favorite con you've gone to and then all together, like all time favorite con? So I've only I've only gone to two conventions this year, and that was um, Phoenix. I think it's called Phoenix Fan Fest now. I'm not sure. They've changed the name. So many times. name changes. Yeah. Uh, and then San Japan. And I mean, obviously, Phoenix Fan Fest is a home convention for me. I know almost everybody who goes and it's always, you know, a pleasant experience, but nothing beats going to San Japan to meet up with the Creepypasta family, you know, that's basically made up of like Stephanie Swan Quills, Mr. Creepypasta, a little ball of giggles like uh, Mew, who is a, a phenomenal musician, but I get to kind of see the family, I guess, like my, mm-hmm. my family away from family. So San Japan is always a really, a really nice time to see people that I, I love and care about and also get an opportunity to bounce ideas off of one another. So it's this weird combination of pleasantries and also like fun work vibes where we're not, you know, we're bouncing ideas off of each other, but we don't hate it because we're alone. Well, put. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of other conventions I'd love to be a guest at, but uh, you know, that's one of those things where they either reach out or people ask for you. And, and I just, I, I don't think, I don't think I'm thought of often because I do so many things like they don't know where to put me anyway. So, <laughs> I think uh, this one's up and coming. Uh, I think it's been around for five years. I think maybe uh, next year game on expo might have you. Hell yeah. <laughs> That'd be, that would be a pleasure. I'd love that. Yeah. And uh, what, um, you know, like what, if you can say, uh, what upcoming projects do you have, whether it be uh, more narrations, more voice acting, acting in itself, uh, or cosplays or cons? Uh, so I don't have any conventions planned right now. I do have, um, I do have actually a release. We're going to play, there's a team of us who are playing um, Werewolf. So for the, the TTRPG, yeah, the yes. TTRPG. Um, so I believe if you look on, I think it's on my Twitter, but it is a group of just the, the, the best, coolest TTRPG people. Um, I think they're calling it like Moonlight by Night or something, but it's the Atlanta by Night crew who's basically running it. So like Ellie Collins um, and uh, oh my God. There's, I don't know who I'm supposed to announce and who I'm not. So I'm like struggling here for a second, <laughs> trying to figure this out. It's, it's Atlanta by moonlight, but like Ravnos, um, werewolf feels who's Norden is going to be there. Jesse Jerdak for, for people who know who that is super Dylan, um, KP 11. It's just, it's going to be a really cool time. So we're actually going to be filming for Atlanta by moonlight here in the next month or so. So you guys will get to see that. Um, I also have a couple of new audiobooks coming out. Some of them are fantasy based, and there's one that is um, 
to be announced. So we will wait for that to come out. I had the luck of being able to do a cameo in a really, it's, it's going to be, it's a B movie. I'll say it flat. Like it's, it is a flat <laughs> B movie. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And when you see the screenshot of what the film is, you're going to know why, but it's literally called Amityville Christmas Vacation. Um, <laughs> Steve Rosinski is the guy who made Karis Hell and like a handful of other just ridiculous films, which are amazing. But I got to do a cameo in that and that should be released, I think, around October 1st. Um, there are a few games that I are, are TBA, so I can't talk about those yet, but I will happily reshare those on my socials when you guys get the opportunity to, um, to, to hear more about them. I love the title for the, <laughs> for the B movie. Oh, Amityville Christmas Vacation. Oh my God. You got, you don't even know it's, it's terrible, but I love it so much. <laughs> Bad. I, I, yeah, well, uh, Jackie and I are sold, so we'll definitely find a way to watch it. So <laughs> I will definitely retweet it when I find out what platforms it's supposed to be released on. So you guys will see it. Uh, we do a horror podcast uh, once that releases and we watch it. If you want to be a part of it, provide your commentary that just let us know. We'll have you oh, on. Hell there. yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. And then also, um, yeah, just uh, kind of want to wrap things up. Like any final thoughts you want to give out? Um, I think the biggest thing is a, the one question I get asked the most, and I feel like this is prevalent as like a closing statement is how do you stay motivated? I get asked that every day, at least 10 times a day. And the answer is that I don't stay motivated. I stay consistent because motivation is a farce. It doesn't exist without being consistent in your day-to-day -day life and being willing to put the effort into something and set alarms or to write notes to yourself or to find small victories and the little steps forward and reward yourself for those small steps forward. Instead of looking at like, if I don't do this giant grand gesture and get to this goal, I'm never going to make it like you have to break those bad habits. So start with consistency and eventually the motivation will follow on the days where it needs to. And I just want to say that I appreciate you guys for, you know, taking the opportunity to do this interview with me. Um, obviously if anybody wants to track down the stuff I do, you can find all of my social links under direct.me slash XX I, you know, obviously I'm a narrator for the chilling app. I also host the dark side of YouTube. So if you guys want to check those out, I definitely recommend it. Uh, everyone has been so good to me and just drink water, take care of yourselves, take care <laughs> of each other, you know, be excellent to each other. Exactly. <laughs> be excellent to each other. And you actually took my last question. I was going to ask uh, for your socials, but you kind of <laughs> got that too. So awesome. Well, yeah, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you jumping on with us and um, talking to us. Again, absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime. I'm always down to talk horror and stuff. Independent horror is my favorite thing to stream on Twitch. So just I'm, I'm here for it. Artless.io.